Welcome to the How to Buy or Sell a Business Successfully podcast. The concepts discussed in this podcast are for informational purposes only. No attorney-client relationship is intended or formed by this podcast. No legal advice is intended in the substance of this podcast. Feel free to check out our website, www.goformandlaw.com. Enjoy the show and welcome your hosts, Jake Wayman and Sam Foreman. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Buy or Sell a Business Successfully podcast. We're excited to talk to you about how to buy or sell a business successfully. We're currently in an initial series of 12 episodes, providing an overview of how deals work and covering some key concepts that you will encounter on your. On our last episode, we talked about understanding the buyer's priorities, you know, what kind of motivates them, their risks, their values. And today we're going to talk, we're going to tackle the same topic, but from the seller's perspective. Jacob, why don't you introduce yourself to folks that might be listening for the first time? Yeah, my name is Jake Wayman. My <laughs> wife and I are the owners of the Orange Theory Fitness Studios here in Wichita. And I also work as an employee benefits consultant helping companies navigate the health insurance world. Uh, and I'm Sam Foreman. I'm a business attorney. I work with folks buying, selling businesses, as well as a range of other things. I have two children, one of whom decided to greet us this morning at around three o'clock with the most joyful cries that I have ever heard this week. So love being a dad. It's the best part of my life. Jacob, I got a wild card question for you. Mm -hmm. Actually, I've got, I've got two. Completely not because of typos. <laughs> in my in my outline. First question, what's one of your favorite community organizations to support and how can folks get involved with that? Yeah, that's that is a hard one because I like a lot of organizations in town, <laughs> but one that's that's relevant for why as we're recording this podcast is uh, the Salvation Army. Uh, mm -hmm. Salvation Army is an awesome organization that serves the underserved in our community and Right now it's Christmas season when we're recording this and, uh, you know, people can, you know, go to the Red Kettles, put some money into the the Red Kettles there that are at Dillon's or Hobby Lobby or what have you. Also just uh, contribute in the way they can for the Salvation Army, but that's one of my favorite community organizations in town. Yeah, great organization to support. We'll put a, a link in the show notes for folks that want to support online. Great, great organization to, to get involved with. One of my favorite organizations to support, especially this time of year, is Union Rescue Mission. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can support them financially, but also... You know, if you've got, you know, old clothes or books or whatever that you're looking to get rid of here in the Wichita area, they're always looking for donations for the folks, for, for the folks that they serve there in the homeless population. And certainly whatever community you're listening to, please engage with, with those groups wherever you're at. Here's, here's the bonus question. Have you ever been a part of a band? Yeah, the answer to that is kind of. Um, <laughs> so when I was in elementary school, me and some, uh, some of my friends, you're going to laugh when you say it, when you hear this, but we formed a, ba a band that we called this, we were called the Spice Boys. <laughs> Spice Boys. Yeah. It was back when the, nice. the Spice Girls were actually like a thing and don't, yeah, yeah don't, don't judge me on that. I know that well, I, everybody's judging me right now as they're, as they're listening and watching this. But then when I was in middle school, we started a Christian rock band. Nice. Um, and I don't remember the name of it, but I was a lead singer of that. Nice. So, yes. can, where can we find recordings? You can't because there was no such can, thing as cell phones at that can point. Can I reach out to your mom? Would your mom have like. <laughs> There's a possibility, but I think we've burned those things then. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, That's before my voice changed. The search continues, America. If you're interested mm -hmm. in finding the last tapes for the Spice Boys. <clears throat> 
or what was the, what was the name of the Christian rock band? Or we can't Anna remember. It was it was that good. Or if you're looking for recordings of We Can't Remember, it was that good. Wait, no, that wasn't the title, was it? <laughs> yeah. If you find any, please send it to me and I won't pay top dollar. All right. Well, let's talk about understanding the seller's priorities. And we're going to talk about two aspects of this, talk about the value, talk about the risk, and then we'll talk about some just some practical tips on things. So from a value perspective, obviously, sellers are going to be interested in what is the cash sales price? You know, what are they actually walking away at closing from the deal? But then they're also going to be interested in the total sales price. Mm-hmm. You know, not every deal, 100% of the purchase price getting paid at closing. And sometimes the seller will finance a piece or there'll be an, a contingent payment. So, you know, hey, if we hit this mile marker, we'll pay this amount after closing or it'll just be due at a different time. And so both of those are, are important to track with. But there's also there's also legacy. And I'm, I know you've seen that at times, you know, in your business interactions is that there's just all kinds of things that, that are important to sellers that aren't, you know, that don't have a dollar sign on them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and a lot of people think that their business is worth X when it's really probably worth why when they're looking at it. And, you know, when you're talking about the cash and the, and the total sales price, you know, it's in knowing, I think going in there and having that understanding between the buyer and the seller of how is it mm-hmm. going to be financed, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes sellers want, they may want, you know, I want it cut and dry. I want my, my check. I want to get out. I'm ready to be gone. But right. the buyer may want them to be involved in a lot of different ways too. So I think mm-hmm. having those conversations early to know what the seller's priority is as a buyer. Yeah. Yeah. And that can mesh with the buyer's priorities that mm-hmm. the buyer's concerned about continuity of the business. Yep. How are things going to integrate on the, yep. the post-closing timeframe? You know, having some amount that's, you know, keeps the seller motivated can be really important. We frequently see folks where, you know, they've built, they've spent their entire lives building a business mm-hmm. and it's not just another investment. It's not just, you know, some financial decision although that's an important aspect of it, but it's really a part of who they are. You know, it's a part of their identity. They've, mm-hmm. It's their baby. And understanding that I think is really important because it, it can help you as a buyer be more thoughtful, more intentional in terms of how you approach the deal. I think another aspect is ongoing business relationships. A lot of active business owners, when they're on the sell side, they're thinking about how is this going to impact the people that I work with? You know, whether it's my employees, whether it's, you know, my vendors, my customers, is this going to be good for all of these people that I care about that have helped me? get to this point. And so understanding where does that rank on the seller's scorecard Mm -hmm. can help you as a buyer figure out how to really approach that and structure your deal in a way that that focuses on what's at the top of their scorecard. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, the seller's looking for if it's a if it's a an owner of the business, they're looking for ongoing employment, they want to get out of running the business. And they just want to be an employee now. They're ready to stop dealing with all the day to day. And, you know, that's part of the value that they get out of the deal is, you know, just going on being an employee. And then tax planning is always important. By the time folks are probably listening to this, they're probably thinking about a lot of tax planning. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is always good. Please talk to your tax advisor. Often they'll like it and so will you probably. But tax planning is really important. The structure of the deal can really impact things. It doesn't do me a lot of good to have a sales price that's paid at closing if I don't get to keep any of it. And at closing, a lot of times sellers are paying off debt. They're paying off other liabilities. They're keeping reserves for various expenses. And then they've got tax obligations. And so, you know, use a seller as you're figuring out what's most important to you and how to rank those priorities. You know, need to be aware, of course, of what are the tax implications and, you know, doing some math about what am I actually walking away with to mm-hmm. see if it really, really works. But then, you know, from from a buyer's perspective and being a good deal partner, 
you know, if you know what's what that looks like for your counterpart, you can have a better understanding of how they're going to react to you know, changes in certain things. One, you know, it gives some negotiation ability on the buyer's side. If there's some certain things mm-hmm. that need to get done by this date for tax planning purposes, and they can, you know, there's other ways to strike a deal to get things a better deal for both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk about risk now. You know, we talked about sellers providing some financing for mm-hmm. the deal. Yeah. Basically saying, Hey, I'm going to sell the business for a million bucks for easy numbers and 800 of it's going to be paid at closing and 200 is going to be a, a promissory note that the buyer is going to give to the seller. Mm-hmm. How does that, you know, from a, from a buyer or from a seller perspective, how does that add risk for them? Well, I mean, you're still attached to the business and mm-hmm. you are, you yeah. know, now you're at the mercy of them performing in that business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, <clears throat> you are no longer the captain of the ship, but yet you're still attached to the ship yeah. when it does on the seller financing. And, you know, it puts your dollars at risk too um, right. in that place. I mean, it's a good benefit because at some point to both buyers, because a buyer, they may get a better interest rate than they would through a financial institution mm-hmm. by doing that. And so there could be a good way to get a deal done that way, but there's a lot of risk that can come into play, but a lot of benefit too. Yep. Yep. And another risk to think about is, you know, what are the relational or legal risks with co-owners for sellers? A lot of businesses have multiple owners and if they don't like what's going on or they think the process hasn't been handled properly, there can be legal risk for the principal owners of that deal. And so you always want to understand what is that relational dynamic like and what are the legal rights in play so that regardless of which side you're on, you can understand how does that impact the risk of the deal for the sell side. Another item is, you know, just the tax consequences. And we talked about that a little bit already, but you know, the taxes, you know, tax, tax laws change. And sometimes that can impact things like, you know, portion of the purchase price that's paid after closing. Mm-hmm. And so just being aware of that can be really important. And then there's there's known liabilities and sometimes unknown liabilities that can be a risk item for the sell side. I know you had some experience with with your deal of of the seller maybe not knowing exactly where everything was mm-hmm. that added some additional headaches on things, just more work to get, you know, the business, you know, fully transitioned and integrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think a big thing with the seller is, you know, like, well, we'll we'll mention it too. It's like, it's, they need to know, you need to have that list. They need to know what liabilities are out there, what relationships are Mm -hmm. out there. And because that's going to help so much more to get the sales process smoothly done Mm -hmm. and not have any animosity after the deal is done. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Some other items are, are going to be really in the contracts themselves from a risk standpoint for the seller. And that's going to be the representations and warranties as well as the indemnities. A lot of these are going to get wrapped up in what are the promises that the seller who should know everything about the business, or at least, you know, is in much better position to know everything about the business. What are those promises that they're going to make to the buyer? That's going to give the buyer comfort that what they've been told and what they've been promised is actually you know, going to follow through on. And those create risk for the seller that are going to survive the closing. And so those are important. And then indemnities are, you know, some commitments that they make as far as how that's going to be handled if there are breaches of the agreement. Another risk is is a loss of business opportunities because most deals are going to have a non-compete in there with them, which means that, you know, as a seller, you may walk away from a deal with a lot of knowledge about a particular industry that you can no longer use or at least can't use for a particular period of time or mm-hmm. valuable relationships that could 
you know, be profitable from a business standpoint in other settings that you may have limitations on use. And so that's something you got to track with is what is that risk and, and how important is that to you as a seller? And if you're on the buy side, how important is that to your seller and how does that impact how mm-hmm. they view the deal? And then you got, you know, third third party claims. Those are risks to the seller. You know, some some third party has a claim. And if it's if it's not something that's been a liability assumed by the buyer, then the seller may have some obligations for that. And so that can that could factor in, you know, all these, these post-closing kind of things. So, well, let's, let's talk about a couple of practical tips here before we wrap up. I, I think a big one for me is, is take the time to really understand if you're the seller to really be honest with yourself about what are your priorities and, you know, to have a really thoughtful analysis of that. And if you're on the buy side, make sure you take that time to understand, you know, where the seller is coming at things from, what are the top couple of items on their scorecard as they think about the deal and especially take time to understand, you know, their non-financial priorities and concerns because those are always relevant. Then the numbers are easy because they're quantifiable. Or I shouldn't say they're easy. The numbers are often very hard, but the numbers are are very tangible, very objective, and we can kind of draw draw circles around them fairly easily. But when it comes to things like relational considerations, mm-hmm. legacy, you know, aspects of people's personal identity, understanding those really well and paying attention to those in the process can be really productive. I think one of the things that I think you're particularly good at is is taking time to really build that relationship and and listen to folks. Why don't you talk talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I've never been on the the seller side of it, mm-hmm. but I think what, you know, you find is when you're building the relationships early, you're able to uncover a lot of, of these issues that we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, instead of it, you're getting all the way to the, you know, the 12th hour to get this deal done. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, all these new things come out because there was not that relationship that was established. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a more transparent relationship between the buyer and the seller, understanding what each of your priorities are, you know, a lot of these things that could come up that could kill a deal, you're talking about them early you can save the deal and make right. sure that it gets right. done. So I really think that like, you know, you know, more trust, more transparency, I mean, equals, you know, a better deal um, right. for all sides of it too. Yeah. Don't people aren't mind readers most of the yeah. time. And if you're a mind reader, I'm definitely thinking about all the Christmas candy I'm not eating this year. So, but people aren't mind readers, you know, don't expect them to know what your priorities are. Just mm-hmm. tell them, you know, you always want to be careful about it if it's going to put you at a disadvantage. But most of the time, just being clear with folks about here's my expectations, here's my priorities is more beneficial for the process and more transparency equals more trust and trust Mm -hmm. is the currency that gets deals done. Yep. Think about if you're on the buy side, think about the seller as a customer. This is kind of the same advice for a buyer. Think about or or as a seller thinking about the buyer as a customer. You want to exchange something with the other party. Figure out how they make decisions, what's important to them and go make them happy. I think that's that's a, a good approach to it. So and get get key risks on the table quickly, just like you're talking about with with transparency, with trust. If there's something that you're a seller and you're really concerned about and it's keeping you awake at night and it's part of your risk profile that's driving you to the deal, think about how to get that on the table as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Because the sooner you kill a bad deal, the less time, money and stress you waste on it. And, you know, assuming it doesn't kill the deal, the more time you have to work with creative solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a last minute thing. <laughs> 
We've got some examples I can't share on the radio. <laughs> We're not on the radio. If you're listening to this on the radio, things have gone extraordinarily well for this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. And just a reminder, we're sponsored by Dunder Mifflin. So, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you all for taking time to listen to this podcast, which is definitely not on the radio yet. I think just as a wrap up, my number one thought from today is, is really take the time to understand the non-financial priorities. Like if you're going to remember one thing, I would encourage you to remember that because those a lot of times are the things that are going to be the difference maker in terms of understanding how to have a really good deal relationship with a seller. Yeah, for me, I think it's, it's as a, as a seller, I would say, put your, you know, put your hat on as the buyer and say, you know, how would I want to buy my company? You know, and I think it's like putting that in that mindset together because that can help you establish some priorities as you're going through the process. My wellness tip for today is manage stress by listening to learn. Manage stress by listening to learn. A challenge that we frequently see folks experience is a lot of stress in the deal process. And a lot of times stress is increased and made worse by the unknowns. And there's opportunities when those unknowns come from relationships to really take the time to listen and listen to them. And that can be a really valuable experience. Thanks for joining us today. We'll look forward to joining you on our next episode as, as we tackle the question of whether or not an asset deal is a good structure for your deal. Thank you for joining us today. For future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please check out our website at www.goformanlaw.learning. slash